Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Strength in the Numbers. Our guest mentor today is Michelle Gasson, who shares an absolutely fascinating journey in terms of how she progressed in her finance and accounting career. Uh, She started as a hairdresser, became a mum, a wife, how she managed her studies, her career and where she actually got the idea of becoming an accountant in the first place. Now I don't want to give away too much now but I know some of our audience have written in to me requesting having a more guests who haven't had really the traditional route from practice into industry or into other areas of accounting and finance. So for those of you interested, you really should listen into this episode. And also, Michelle had an article appear in Financial Management Magazine about building rapport and improving our communication skills. So I also encourage you to listen into this episode if you're looking to improve some of our softer skills. And in fact, that was one of the main points we covered on the episode was how to future-proof ourselves against sort of the rise in robots. And we covered that too in this episode. And then there were some other points around some practical advice in terms of prioritizing time between building a career, work, studies, the kids, being a partner and other activities we'd like to pursue. And also a very interesting experience with some scientists she works with, which actually helped her improve her and hone her communication skills. So look, there's a lot in this episode. It's not your typical traditional accounting and finance one. So I encourage you to listen in. And if you'd like to follow up on the resources mentioned in the show, uh, please check us out at sitnshow.com slash podcast slash 052. So without further ado, over to Michelle and the show. Yes, so I I really started from the bottom and worked my way up. I left school with minimum of qualifications, um, actually trained as a hairdresser. Um, And I know, that wasn't really my thing though. It was was, was one of those things because... Um, I, I, I'm actually dyslexic, so I struggled at school, and um, hence the schoolwork was a problem, particularly English and that type of subject. And um, just really had had enough of school by the time I finished it. I was looking for something that you know really didn't require lots of education and lots of training and lots of writing. Um, and, and hence, you know, going off and training to be a hairdresser. Um, but while I was doing my training, I actually found out that I um, well, rekindled my um, love of biology because that was one of the subjects that we, we uh, learnt about. And also, um, we learnt practical financial skills as well. So, you know, the aim was that actually people who... Um, trained as hairdressers could potentially run their own businesses. So very basic financial skills, bookkeeping, and, you know, general day-to-day, um, keeping records and how important that was. And again, I'm thinking, oh, I, I quite like that bit. So that's, that's enjoyable. I, that interests me because I was always interested in, in maths as well at school because that was one of my strongest subjects. So I did that for a few years after qualifying there and then came a point where my husband needed some help with his business and um, I 
basically took over managing his office, which included dealing with all the customers and also dealing with all his bookkeeping. And again, that was something I really enjoyed. Our accountant at the time used to love receiving all the documents from me because they were so nicely presented and everything <laughs> was in order and all the records were fantastic. And, you know, he, he used to sort of come back and say, oh, well, it hasn't been too expensive this time because uh, so well done. So um, but moving on from there, we actually sold our business and um, I was at a, in a bit of limbo thinking, what do I do now? And uh, started looking for, for work because I, I was... I have three kids and they were very young at the time, but I'm not really a stay-at-home mum, housewifey sort of person. So I was thinking, well, what do I do uh, when the youngest one went to school and started looking around for jobs and things that appealed to me and settled on finance-related work. So was was also looking for some somebody who would take me with no formal qualifications and I got a job working as an accounts assistant, which was basically inputting sales invoices. Mm-hmm. And that was my start on this journey to where I am now. And you know, I've actually been very, I've put a lot of thought into how I developed my career because I found things I enjoy. So in that first role, I ended up working with a management accountant there who um, had me preparing um, some reports, so the age debtors reports, and would also you know, do some of the credit control. And um, that sort of led me on to thinking, well, what do I do next? And mm-hmm. um, had actually discussed with that company about um, some accountancy training, some, um, so some finance training, um, which they weren't in a position to fund at the time. And you know, a little bit of time went on and I looked around to see what was available. And our local hospital actually was advertising an assistant management accountant position with a study package. Oh, wow. So I applied for it and got it. And the rest we can say is history, I suppose. <laughs> so, yes, I, I worked for um, the local hospital as an assistant management accountant and started my SEMA studies at that point as well, which was hard work because I had a full-time job, three children. Um, my husband was working away a lot, but actually... Um, very rewarding because I, I learnt an awful lot from um, my manager at the time. So he actually was um, just qualified by experience. So he'd never done any formal qualifications, but was a very good person to work with um, because he taught me so much. You know, encouraged me to actually get the professional qualification because you know, even though he hadn't got it and he was getting close to retirement age, he knew mm-hmm. that actually to really go somewhere in this business, you, you have to have the qualifications. Um, Definitely. It, you, know, you, you just are treated with a, a different level of professionalism. So you're required regarded to somebody who knows how to do the job rather than just somebody who's been doing it for a long time and you get a little bit more respect that way. So I worked there for um, five years or so and basically I was doing my studies part-time um, and you know, it took me, it did take me a long time to actually complete all my um, exams. But then I've taken some um, considered career steps. So I've looked for, when, I, when I've come to a point where um, actually I feel the role that I'm doing, I've mastered it, can do it. Um, if there's nothing else available for me within that company, um, that's the time then to start looking for something else that gives me more challenges. 
So um, I then moved on to work um, at uh, Mencap, and it was actually there that I qualified. So I did my finals and um, qualified, and that I will say was a very, very rewarding moment in my life. Um, just you know, to be able to say that I am oh, yes. a qualified accountant now. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, again, that was a very different environment to the hospital. It was very challenging and you know, they were reliant, very reliant on um, local authority funding. And at the time I joined, the Conservatives and um, Liberal Democrats had their coalition just started. And at that point, it was a case of, right, every, all these budgets are going to be cut, all the funding's being cut. And we basically had to do more or, or the same with less. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was challenging. And again, there, it was about actually communicating very well to people how things were going with the budgets. There were huge challenges there. And one of the things that I took on was uh, more detailed reporting. So um, being able to um, provide really key information um, to management, and developed a management information tracker where we were bringing in together. So it was balanced scorecard reporting. So bringing in reports from wow. all over the business um, to be able to issue that information across the business as it as was required, which was fun and challenging at the same time. It presented me with a few sleepless nights. I had <laughs> working, but, um, uh, it, it was it was uh, yeah very very good and very challenging and. I also improved my IT skills no end. <laughs> this, the, you just been, you just sound like you've taken on a lot on that on that journey, and as um, like where to start because I do want to pick into some of those because I know a lot of our audience go through this. This you know this is what they email me about. One of them, one of the things that they do email me about is actually prioritizing time, uh, because some of them are just qualified or qualifying. But based on sort of your, your journey, Michelle, there was one, one piece that stood out was when you, so you said you had a husband who traveled a lot, there was a business in the background, you had three young growing kids, you training for exams. How did you get time to, to work or had time to do anything at all? It was, it was about recognizing what was most important. And the things I identified as being most important were um, my job, my children and my studies. So somehow I had to fit all those three things in. I know I've ignored the husband there, but that was also important too. But um, <laughs> it's about making sure that I prioritised what I was going to do. So many of my evenings were actually taken up with doing my studies. Mm-hmm. So instead of sitting and watching the TV, I would study. So the full-time job I could do, well, there wasn't much I could do about that because that was yeah. um, what I was required to do. Um, weekends were taken up with spending time with the family um, because that too was important. So there was a bit of time for coming home from work, spending time with the children, putting the children to bed. And then after the children had gone to bed, that was time to sit down and put my head in the book. And yes, it was hard work. Yes, it was uh, very tiring. But you don't succeed in getting the exam, passing the exams and getting the qualifications if you don't put that extra effort in. And I, you know, I know there were some people I was studying with at the time who were complaining about, um, you know, the amount of work they had to put in for the exams. And these people didn't have children. And I was mm. thinking, well, I'm managing it and I've got a family as well. So <laughs> yeah. what are you complaining about? 
Um, so it's 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 about stopping some of the things that you do for fun sometimes because you can always do, do those afterwards. So with the exams, when you've got um, a deadline to meet for an exam, yes, you work very hard leading up to that, and everything else apart from the things you can't stop doing has to stop. But you know, once you've done your exams, actually, then you've got time, free time. You you can do the things that you really enjoy doing, um, and that's that's just how I worked it. I will say that once the final exam was over, that was such a relief of never having to go and do an exam again. <laughs> um, so, you know, they do come to, and that's that's the reassuring thing is they do come to an end at some point. You complete the last exam, and you don't have to do any more exams ever again. It's interesting. I think it was like some Stoic philosophy. Is like you know they had this saying like this too shall pass. You know, yes. it's there is an end point. It's the point. It's what he's reminding me like you know probably a similar scenario. No, I we kids. I'm fairness, My wife did a great job looking looking after them uh, whilst I was studying and, and doing a lot of that side. But, you know, you, you just get a bit more creative, don't you, with, with what's important in your lives. I mean, I remember I stopped driving to work and getting the public transport and I studied on the, the the bus in and out from work. That's how I was able to fit the study in, you know, with the other commitments. And you know, I think then once that time does free up, once we do pass the exams, then we can then choose to do something a bit more with, that we enjoy with that time. So I really appreciate you sharing that, Michelle. That's fine. With our audience. <laughs> so so maybe that was more about the past. I suppose in terms of now, you know, what's really exciting you about your work at the moment? Right, so um, I've, I started this, this job um, in January, the end of January. And um, it's a very different company to ones that I've worked with before. Um, so it's, it's a very young company and they're really looking to grow and expand as much as they can and this is quite an exciting time to be joining them so it's the first time they've employed a finance professional in the company wow um, <laughs> yes so they're quite reliant on me for a lot of information so it's um putting my skills um to the test as well um which is is actually really really good because i think one of the things that's really important to to anybody in this profession is to carry on learning and you know we're yes. supposed to do CPD all the time well one of the ways I'm managing to do that at the moment is because I'm working where I have to use a lot of my knowledge and sometimes I just need to have a refresher so the amount of information I'm reading now is really good um, so if somebody asks me a question I go and research it and I come back with an answer that I know is absolutely 100% fact as opposed to saying well I think it's such and such so you know that's that's one of the really good things so it's good for me to work in this environment um, but I'm also you know with a company that is really working hard to make its presence known. That's that's great I mean what a challenge to have I mean look what's what's been sort of the biggest biggest impact you feel you've been able to bring to, to this company that's never really had any finance support before? So a couple of things that I've done immediately. So I've been here, um, well, this is just getting towards the end of my third month. Um, so um, I've been able to prepare cash flow forecasts for them um, so they can now have some visibility about what their cash flow looks like as opposed to um, just a sort of finger in the air job. <laughs> um, but also you know, being able to prepare um, financial reports, monthly management accounts for them which they hadn't had before. And um, I sent 
the first pack card prepared out at the end of last month. And one of the responses I got back was, wow, this is fantastic. So wow. yeah, Excellent. a little response like that to something that actually for me is bread and butter. <laughs> and it's very simple and you know, it doesn't require, well, it requires work, but it's something I've been doing for such a long time that um, actually, you know, I know how to put together a management accounts pack and um, but it just impressed the guys here because they've not seen that information they haven't seen um, up to date up to the minute um, financial information before um, so one of the things that I will be also doing is implementing um, new uh, software for project management and financial management as well um, so that's something that's going to be happening over the next few months you know, what you said that it feels like something we could perhaps take it for granted that delivers so much value for the business. Yes. That's great. And, and just out of interest then, Michelle, like what's probably been the the biggest surprise for you coming into the role or the biggest challenge you've had to, to deal with in uh, in your first three months? <laughs> <laughs> really that they've had nothing before. And that, that I think was... <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> Well, very, very little, very little. So oh my goodness! Yeah, uh, we we take a big leap forward. So I think that was the that's uh, amazing, quite challenging. So you know they've got some systems which you've got information, and that's been also you know, it's been quite hard work actually bringing information from a project management system that they've got here. That's um, it's okay. It's not fantastic, but it doesn't record everything. Um, with a um, an online uh, finance software that again just records the basics and trying to make some sense of both of those bits of information. Yeah, I, I go back to the days when I was in MainCap where we've got lots of systems with lots of information and actually taking all of those together that was great groundwork for what I'm doing now because you know I've taken multiple system information and pulled it together into sensible reports and again. You know, I've managed to do that in my first few months here. So, um, you know, your past experience is always very, very useful. Yeah, and I, that, again, that's a, another reason why we bring you know, guest mentors like yourself, Michelle, on the, the show is to share some of those experiences with our audience. And, and one in particular, which I think sort of we can sort of leverage from the reporting is that around communication. So it's one thing preparing the reports, you know, having all that groundwork in place and getting there. The next thing is actually taking that back to the business and the people we work with. I thought you wrote a fantastic article around the communication dividend. Uh, you know, I felt that um, the, the topic covered, which was like building and maybe perfecting rapport with, with any audience and the people we work with. It's a very key area. And I know, I know we share similar thoughts that some sometimes you might take this type of skill for granted because we're de- dealing with people and we're working with numbers and we just just gets lost. But maybe for audience, could you perhaps maybe sort of share your thoughts on, on how we can improve our communication? Yes. Um, I mean, it's, it's great having a lovely report in front of you that's accurate to the point, um, but not everybody understands it. So sometimes, well, you, you always have to understand who your audience are. Um, so my previous role, I was working with scientists. Uh, okay. Um, uh, they, they were different levels of understanding for financial information. Um, so the um, G- 
chief scientific officer there, he actually could take a financial report, read it, understood it, great, no problem at all, would ask lots of questions. Mm -hmm. So didn't need to have things explained to me, just was happy to have something that was very clear, precise, that was it. Um, and then some of the um, project managers actually needed to be talked through what was on the paper in front of them because, yeah, they'd look at it and go, um, it's just numbers or, you know, what do these words mean? What, what, what have you written here? Why? What, what are you saying? And it, I, I would just have to sort of take it back to basics and explain, well, you know, why I'd come up with the information I'd come up with, how I'd come up with it from the information that they provided me, from the information that was in systems, and also get an understanding. And for me, that also helped as well, because I would learn more about what they did, but then they yeah. got an understanding how their work also impacted um, in financial terms. So it was, it was quite... Um, an education, sort of being able to you know, take what I do, take what they do, and then we'd find some common ground where we could actually discuss the, the results, the financial results, in a in a format that actually they understood. And you know, it's, it is so important to be able to you know take your very nice report and break it out <laughs> into information that people can understand. And sometimes you just take a little bit of it and you explain it. So, you know, I've been very fortunate, I think, with the places that I've worked where people are not financial experts. So I've worked with nurses in the hospitals um, and, you know, some of them are in charge of budgets and you know, they're not really interested in numbers. What they need to know is, can I, can I buy this? Can I buy that? Have I got enough money to put an agency nurse in here if I need it? And that's what they were interested in. So the, the reports that we used to present at the hospital were very, very basic. So um, never really used to delve into the numbers too much with, with the nurses I'd meet with, but we'd have more of a discussion about what do you need, what are you looking for, um, what, what do you need to make your role a success and your ward a success. And um, you know, then I'd be able to present answers to them. So it's, it's all about learning who your audience is, learning what information they really need and doing the best you can to impart that information to them. And it seems like it's 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 not probably a one size fits all, is it? It's quite a customised approach and a two way approach as well, because you're not imposing what you think they should know. It's like you're listening for opportunities by the sounds of it to to get an insight as to well what it is that they, they want to know. Yes, it's because um, you could tell you could have a dozen people in the room and you could tell them all the same thing. They were all <laughs> a different way from it. And mm -hmm. if if you always give the same message, you could well end up with people going away thinking, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, yeah. it is it is a good skill to have and you know, I have come across some um, finance colleagues in the past who really are not good at communicating and partly it's because they don't listen very well so mm -hmm. listening is a key skill to being able to communicate effectively so if you if if you're not listening and hearing what people are saying to you you're not going to be able to reply to them and respond in a way that they will understand 
couldn't agree anymore. I think that's why, as the old saying goes, we have two ears and one mouth. To, that should be a good indicator, right? <laughs> so, uh, so Michelle, look, really appreciate you sharing those thoughts. Look, I'd, I'd like to maybe come at you with some rapid fire questions. We tend to ask all our, our guest mentors, what's the best bit of advice, you know, personal or work orientated that you've ever received? So, so what, what's the best bit of advice you've ever received? It's about planning and to break things down into bite-sized pieces so you can actually achieve things. When you, when you have a challenge, to break it down so that you can actually set yourself achievable goals. There's um again I think again I think there's another old saying you know it's like you know there's that big wall but then breaking it down into smaller stairs. Well, actually, um, the the one that um, was used with me is how do you eat an elephant? Very yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, that's right. It's easier to climb small stairs than to jump big walls and also eat elephants. Yes. Whilst doing so, yeah. <laughs> very good and um in terms of like uh any sort of re- you know, say you know, sort of researching for your work at the moment but um when you've got questions to answer but in terms of any resources books or whatever you could recommend our listeners you know what would what would a good resource be for them to go check out well uh i use um, the hmrc website an awful lot <laughs> <laughs> Um, but also, I, I look for um, some. So, accounts the age I read um, time to time, and there's also useful advice from there. Um, FN magazine, of course, is very, very good. Um, but I, you know, I subscribe to a couple of um, daily newsletters um, from things like Accountancy uh, Age and Accounting Web, where there's always snippets of information that you think, oh, I want to read about that. I want to know more about that. Um, but you know, those, those tend to be um, the resources I use. Yeah, and I have to say, as much as I I, I do multinational work as well as some with SMEs, I actually, but uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I I do know those resources well. And FM Magazine is quite good. I have to say that I suppose as a <laughs> as a senior qualified management accountant. So no, no, thank you for sharing those. And uh, I guess, you know, looking towards the future, Michelle, uh, you know, we've discussed communication and we touched on it there, but like, is, is, is there any other areas or, or communication itself that we, we need to go deeper into, maybe perhaps future-proof ourselves from a valuable perspective or professional perspective going forward for our businesses? Yeah, I think it's very important to um, keep developing the soft skills. So communication that's absolutely we must be able to communicate because you know I think we're all aware as finance people that most of our job can be done by computer most of our job could be done by a robot in the future but the robot is not going to explain the reports the robot is not going to sit down and listen to somebody and get an understanding of the information they require so Mm -hmm. you know it's important that we develop those soft skills that mean that um, as finance professionals, we will um, continue to be in employment as opposed to being replaced by computers. And the other side of that is also um, improving our IT skills. Oh, definitely. Because if we can fix the computers, then you know, hopefully um, we, we can keep on working and uh, you know, prove that the computers can't do as much as we can. That's I, I completely agree, and I think you know there was some research done that that someone shared with me quite uh, recently, 
some proprietary research and I think they were the two top skills that we as I suppose finance and accounting professionals need to improve upon if we want to remain relevant yes going forward so it's it's recognized in across all spectrums of business that's what we need to be doing so really appreciate you sharing those thoughts Michelle and you know if any of our audience uh, want to follow up with you or learn more about you where's the best place to find you at um, well, I'm on LinkedIn, so uh, you can always check me out there. Um, <laughs> and if anybody wants to communicate with me via LinkedIn, that's fine. Brilliant. Well, and Michelle, thank you so much for you know investing your time in our show and sharing some useful thoughts with our audience around communication, but also that fantastic story from uh, you know hairdresser to management accountant. And that's, uh, you know, that's um, an amazing, ama- amazing story and also the challenges you went through to get there. So... Thank you so much for being so open and sharing that all with us. No, you're welcome. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.